podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a ring, man, I go hard like Santan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cop and Fracas, powered by Touchline Media Group. I I'm your host, as always, uh, Mr. Krish. And today I am joined by two of the greatest people we have on Cop and two of my very good friends as well. I am joined by the Lord of the Manor, Mr. Harold, and I'm joined by the General Ellis. Gentlemen, how are you doing this lovely, very warm Tuesday evening? Yeah, I'm good, you know. I am I'm doing better um now that the dust has settled a little bit um from the from the weekend, but in general. You know, I think it's starting, maybe it's the beginning of summer. It's not raining. You know, maybe this can, we can actually join some sun in July. That would be nice. Always some positives, always positives. And I mean, I got to say, Harold, your skin is looking fantastic. You look like a million dollars on the old uh, on the old video. Uh, for people who are listening on the audio, if that's not an incentive to listen to, to watch it on YouTube, then I don't know what is. Howell's fantastic face, his beaming smile. He's, he's, he just he just pulled a look to say, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Why are you doing this to me? But... <laughs> But we've got to, oh, we've got to get the we've got to get the views up, and we're using our best talent to do it. So that's what it is. Ellis, yes, how you living, brother? I'm okay, brother. I'm all right, man. Can't complain, bro. Same old, same old, man. How are you? I love it. I like how Harold was quite eloquent. You know, ah, the weather is weather's changing. Then you got Ellis just like, oh, all yeah, right, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> I think this has more to do with the fact that we caught up yesterday, but um, but yeah, Els is a character, he's a, he's a short and sweet character. He's like, Yeah, I'm doing all right, you know, I'm doing all right. Yeah, well, speaking of geezer, by the way, Ellis, were you with any uh, Adiolas on the weekend, by the way? Uh, or, I was doing no? a pod on the weekend. Uh, okay. I the guys at a pub, mate. Chris, by the way, first of all, can I just say your hair looks amazing as always? Second of all, that top you're wearing, oh my days, that looks fantastic. Bloody Still a hell. Bit Again, for the people Bloody. on the video, if you're not watching on the video, you're missing out. You're missing out. Sometimes we have diagrams, sometimes we have the lovely Harold, sometimes we just have all sorts of casting characters on Carpenter. So you not really get but... <laughs> Ellison is Ellison is yeah, he's meathead. Um, <laughs> you know, you know. But yes, I am currently wearing the um, new Liverpool away shirt for the upcoming 2021-22 season, the Vapor Edition. I have to say, it is by far one of the best um, Liverpool shirts I've ever had the pleasure of of, of strapping on my elegant chest. Um, I don't know why I said it that way, but you know. <laughs> Gotta sell it as much as we can. Um, if you are buying the vapor version, do buy it a size larger because I'm not gonna lie, this is this is quite hem on the biceps. It makes me feel hench, but also it makes me feel you need to lose about 10 pounds, mate. So get on that quite quickly. Um, all the features on the kit are fantastic. The the you know, the, the dry nick technology, the badge looks fantastic, everything is just brilliant. The collar, nice little touch. So yeah, do go out. Do buy it if you can. And again, uh, the stadium version is also fantastic as well, uh, as my sister brought that one. Um, let's get stuck into this week's pod. And unfortunately, we have to kind of start on a bit of a, a bit of a dour note, in all honesty. Um, I mean, we've, we, we, we've talked about this a lot in terms of why certain people kind of don't support England. Um, I used to be quite a prevalent England supporter, Um like the last World Cup and whatnot, I was I was fairly out. I was out there, 
I was on Broad Street. I was seeing people jumping on top of buses. Uh, fun fact, I saw a guy on top of a bus who then jumped off it, landed on the bus shelf like he was Jeff Hardy. Um, so that was that was something that happened. Um, but again, um, obviously after the loss on penalties, uh, the ugly head of not only racism in football, but racism in this country revealed itself yet again and put an end to all of the vibes that, that, that we felt. And I think it's really important as us as um, you know, minorities to kind of discuss this on this week's pods. And Harold Ellis, I know you two were, you know, you were fairly behind. You were all you, you were all in on this England team uh, just because of the, the lads that are in the team. And, you know, I, I completely sensitize that. You look at the, the guys who are in the team. You look at, you look at Rashford, um, all that he's done to kind of fight the government and try and end food poverty. You look at, Raheem Sterling, who has been the brunt of just pure racist abuse from tabloid newspapers for the best part of over seven years now, and it's a massive disgrace. And then you see what happens to another another young man in Bukayo Saka. When, I'm not going to say when will it end, but is this something that we need to stop treating as an awareness exercise and we just need to do something now to ensure that it just tries to get stamped out as much as possible? Yeah, I think, um, where do I even start? Okay. Um, all right. Okay, cool. So this is it's something that this is probably, not probably, this is the biggest reason why I do struggle in, or, or, or perhaps it's a reason why I have such a com- complicated relationship in supporting the English football team. I felt like every time I said that I was supporting England, I had to, I had to specify and clarify I was actually supporting the players, the group of players yeah. and not, the country itself and the actions afterwards um, has shown has shown the reasons why um, it's got it got so bad at one point I was almost happy like justice was served that England England actually didn't get what what I wanted them to do which was to win the Euros um, because we had, we got to see plain and simple everyone in front of us um, boy I don't, yeah like I said I don't even know where to start we, we could we, we can go forever on this topic but I just want to echo the words of our our fellow cast member Mike and what he's saying, I think it does need to come from the top. First of all, there needs to be some more um, stern punishments. I think that there comes a time where uh, things are like you you keep doing things to get the attention, even if it's negative attention. You see it from celebrities, you'll see it from just general people. The 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 glamour of clout, even for the wrong reasons, is still it's still a glamour in in a, in, a, in a sense. And I feel like racism is almost in trend. I know that sounds crazy to say, but it is, you know, it's going to get highlighted. It's not often you get like a Wilfred Zaha post your screenshot on, on social media, but now he's doing it to show and to, and to, to essentially just expose the people who have disrespected him and, and disrespected um, his race, our race. But at the same time, those same accounts, you see that you go on their account, they go on their account like maybe a few hours later and they've got loads and loads of followers more. So these are some of the reasons yeah. why people do it. Um, I'll say that, but also I'll, I'll go outside to say, uh, I think fundamentally and sadly, quite inherently, this country is racist. I don't understand how you can watch a game of football and someone fails and your, your, immediate, your immediate feeling is to bash them because of their colour. Like, that is mind-boggling to me. Like, you can see the emotion on their face, even forgetting how old Bukayo Saka is, just, just for a moment, or even the rash or, or Sancho. Like, just forget that for a moment. Just as another person who's ki- clearly, like, dedicated their life towards support, uh, playing for this country. They could have played for other countries, by the way. Like, don't get twisted. Yeah. Bukayo Saka could have played for either Nigeria or England, okay? Sancho probably 
could have. I've, I've, I don't know where his, his country of origin comes from, but I think he's somewhere in the Caribbean. Same with same with um, Marcus Rashford. They don't have to do this, right? But they want to. You can see what it means to them. I think I, I, there's a lot needs to change. A lot needs to change. But like like I like I started with this with this like short soliloquy of mine. Um, I'd say it starts from the top. Like you need to not have a a, a half-hearted response to taking the knee. Um, and for the support of it, um, when Boris Johnson, I'll, I'll name him and shame him, when um, after Southgate and all the players were, were made it quite clear that they'll be taking they'll be, they'll be taking the knee in support of all of the black issues that are out there and just racial prejudice issues, he gives a very lukewarm statement, a very wishy washy statement, Boris Johnson about um, about whether you should do it, trying to appease both sides of of, of the of, of the coin. And I don't understand how that's how there's even two sides of the coin, but such is the world we live in. Um, but once again, he needs to just be quite honest and not be quite honest. He needs to be stern in his message and just completely, completely stamp it down and say that is outrageous. And then you have the likes of Pretty Patel. I, 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 I don't want to give her too much airtime, but it's outrageous to, to like. Don't get me wrong. I've, I'm always in the spirit of forgiveness, but. Blatant contradiction. Oh, blatant contradiction, and it's it's almost insulting. Not almost. It is insulting the way she's saying, "Oh, um, boo Denis, feel free." Then also go on and support these same boys who are who are taking a knee, particularly someone like Raheem Sterling, who's a black man who's been carrying this country for the, for the majority of this tournament, and then to go on and say, "Oh, support the country." It's like, like, are you actually kidding me? It's like you're literally you're. You're, you're pissing on me and telling me it's raining. Like, you're taking the yeah. absolute liberty. Um, so I think first and foremost, it needs to start from up top. There needs to be some more, there needs to be, needs to be some more ramifications for these, for these um, crimes, because that's what they are. Like, it's, it's ultimate crime. Um, but I just think some, I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I will say some people need to look in the mirror as and how they're bringing up this, this next age, this next generation as to, like, just to respect your fellow brother or sister. I just don't understand. There's nothing more demeaning than to be put down because of something that you have no control over and that being your skin. And it has no effect on your insides whatsoever. We're the same people. And you can tell by how long I've, I've gone on for now. Um, I, I'm speaking like mush, apologies. But like, it just, it's just a matter that, that, is, that is quite, it's quite close to my heart. And it just hurts me because I, it's one thing to be like, oh, I want to be right. But in this situation, I didn't want to be right. I didn't. The fact that we all knew the moment those three players missed we knew what was coming. It didn't even take it didn't even take an hour. Like it was there immediate. People no, it was were instantaneous, to, yeah. It was insane. People having to rush home from pubs if they if they were black or Asian or whatever, just because they were fearing of the fearing their life. It's like, what? Like, are you mad? Like, are you actually are you demented? It's 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 hard for me not to get too emotional about it, but what I will say is you just need to have a, a clear direction right from the top. And it's just more of a damning effect or, or, or more of a damning indictment from this torrid, torrid, torrid rain we've seen from, from the Tories, Tories in these last um, few years. But like, a, this, this is not a podcast. It's, it's not a podcast. It's not a politics podcast. Um, but yeah, those are my, those are my feelings. Ellis, I probably haven't left you with anything there. Apologies. <laughs> no, it's well, it beautiful. Obviously what you said was. That is honestly, that, that is extremely well put Harold. And I'm, yeah, yeah. you know, Glad, glad to be here with you. You know what I'm saying? There's not much you can add uh, to that because it is wonderfully put, Harold. Um, only two pence I have is that it's mad because when when these things happen, they'll get like a bunch of black people to come on television or ethnic minorities to ask us what we can do. 
to stop racial. I can't do anything, mate. To be honest with you, I can't do anything. I'm not the one that's being, you know what I'm saying? I'm not giving, I'm not dishing out the racial abuse. I'm receiving it. You won't tell someone who's getting punched in the face what can you do to step up to stop getting punched in the face. I have not a clue. Um, people need to look at themselves in the mirror. They need to see like what they're doing is is pretty bad. And like, like Harold said, what he said was like a lot of people do this for clout and they know they're gonna get an attention and this is what they want. And until people start getting slapped with like three year sentences in prison for these kind of things or whatever the sentence is in prison, then people realize that this is pretty bad. Do you know what I'm saying? Because nobody's nothing's happening to anyone. Oh yeah, they got arrested. They probably get let out, be reprimanded for 24 hours, get let out, and then carry on with their life and nothing happens to them. Um, I think there was a gentleman who was working for a property organisation. He got found out. I'm not too sure if he got sacked. But he didn't, was- by the way. Uh, apparently, oh. they he, he said that his account got um, was, was hacked, uh, even though he said the N-word uh, more than once. Um and apparently that property organization uh, said they were looking at a full internal investigation to formulate the validity of his claims. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to, they're just going to sweep it under the background. They're going to tell him to keep a low profile. Um, I know the organization in question. I know there's plenty of people of um, ethnic minorities that work for that organization. I work in that, um, I work in that sector. Um, so <laughs> I know fully well that what's going to happen is it's going to get, you know, put in a back burner, tell him to keep a low profile, keep his head down um, and just carry on with life. So when you see things like that, what's the point? It's, it's no point. It's just going to carry on and carry on. Um, what I like to say on the players is that big up those three players because... That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, 1,000%, man. You know what I'm saying? Big up Saka, big up Rashford, Sancho. These are... Big up, big, big, big up Tyrone Mings as well, man. Big up Tyrone Mings. He just absolutely two-footed <laughs> Uh, Pritchard Patel right there slight tackle get out of there don't want to hear nothing you're saying um, but it's good because it's, it's them ones where a lot of and a lot of like other people are telling these footballers are to stay out of politics well not not really um, our good friend Disu he made a he made a fantastic tweet saying that how can you tell these people just to um, essentially shut up and dribble where they are paying members of the of the um, community they vote. They have their own rights, so they are right to like. You you also and... can't tell you also can't tell someone to keep politics out of football when you are yeah. essentially getting abused in your workplace. Do you know what I'm saying? I hate that they even call it politics. Are you mad? You're racially abusing me. And you're calling it politics. Are yeah. you insane? We we, we are we are making a stance after every game before the game. We're saying that. What's happening in the game is very bad. It needs to be looked at. And people are saying, I'll oh, keep it out of football. No. No, because if I came to your workplace and hurled abuse at you for one hour, 30 minutes, <laughs> then when you get home, send more abuse to you via whatever medium platform you use. You Then you'll tell me, oh, right, yeah, this is a bit mad. This is a bit crazy. So I think people need to come to the realisation that this is a crazy time we live in. Um, Nobody deserves to be abused for nothing just because their colour of skin or whatever creed, whatever you are. No one should, should be uh, abused because of that. But again, it's, I don't know about you lot, but for me, it's, it becomes tiresome because why do I always have to talk about it? Like, I'm, that, well, Imagine, I think it was a 50-year-old man who got in, I think he got in trouble today. And I saw that he was a... Yeah, so I was, I was, I was, I was going to bring this, bring this up. So 
we know we, we talk about this whole you know the program the stuff that kick it out do and something you know some of the stuff they generally do is is, is really good work you know some of the yeah. awareness the sky do etc but you'd think that that is to educate a younger generation one of the people who were arrested today was a 50 year old man who was also a youth football coach scary scary absolutely scary and these and, and, and these even these aren't even openly racist people people yeah. who are openly racist you know where they are you know where to yeah. you, know, you know the locations of them and you know to avoid them but it's the people who you know live among us you know shop among us work among us they're the most dangerous people i mean i was, I was telling a story earlier on um to some of my other friends i used to work for a very well-known um food brand and on a christmas night out i got told um i was one of the good ones yeah what does that mean uh, and then i went to uh, i told my line manager and she said oh don't worry about it that's just so and so i even escalated to hr and nothing got done to the point where i felt you know there's no point in me even being here so i left the company yeah. you know is there is this there's there's a massive way to go i th- what what i'm happy about is just how out in the open it is for everyone to see like even the most ign- even the most ignorant bastardly person can clear can clearly see with their own two eyes that there is a succinct and distinct racism in this country like it's it's not yeah. it's it, it isn't it isn't um it isn't as 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 violent as as america there's there's no doubt absolutely however that doesn't make it any better Nope. Please don't don't get it twisted. It's still a massive problem here. But just to end on a more positive note, just I just wanted to, to quote on what Ella said. I have there's two things I've been vindicated in in these last few days. One is that there's a reason why I don't support England, the, the nation. It's not a minority. Don't get it twisted. It's not. Second of all, I support the players, and I've never felt more proud to call. Yep. For those Eng- England boys, I have never heard of a group of players like this to stick up for matters like that. By the way, guys, I've never ever in my entire life of watching football, you would never ever hear about so many. Sorry, there's a guy outside wanting to do need fast to and furious outside. Yeah, honestly, probably <laughs> even diesel out there. Family, anyway, family. Um, like I've never, I've never, I've never known a group of players to be so loud and proud about matters like this and go against what is seen as like the, the political grain as such i'm so happy i've I've never felt more connected with a, just i know obviously it's, football is football and it's, life goes on right but i've never felt more connected with a with a manchester united footballer in my entire life i couldn't not i couldn't dislike marcus rashford if i tried he is the epitome of everything that is a modern day footballer both on the pitch and off the pitch he is a sensation honestly he's a phenom he is fantastic. I couldn't give him enough praise if I tried Raheem Sterling, but Kaiosaka, these guys who stand up for what is right. They Ian Wright is another one as well. He's so open with it. I love it. He's so passionate. I've just never been more proud to have such good representations um, for us going forward. And if those me- those men I've mentioned have anything to do with the future of football, football's in football's in its is, is, in, a, is in a very good hands. Even even beyond the black players, Jordan Henderson. Oh, he always speaks so well. Of course, I'm going to say that, but he's a he's a fantastic leader. We, we don't just say it for the sake of it. He, you can see how much it means to him um, when it when it comes to sticking up for what is right. We have yeah. so many players in our squad. Declan Rice is another one. You can just tell that their background has been influenced a lot by by people of color, and you can just see that they're like 
these are my people. I couldn't care less. What you, they could be blue or yellow. Couldn't care less. I'm going to stick up for them. They're going to do what's right. And I'm just very proud to have those English England boys represent um, represent this country um, in in the football sense. Even Southgate as well. He was he the way he came out and he spoke very well about things. He's he's you can question him as a, as a coach, fine, whatever. But he's 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 a top man, and it's it's trickled down to the players. So yeah, I wanted to say that. No, I think we've we've addressed this thing incredibly well. I'm proud of the way we've handled it. Um, do you want to say if you do want to hear a little bit more um, from someone who's way more um, educated in these matters than we are, then do head over to the Cop End Fracas Twitter page uh, and you will find a section of videos that uh, Mr. Mike has done uh, on LBC and BBC News in regards to this issue. Um, fantastic stuff from him so so very well put and i'm going to end it kind of on 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 this note um it is something that has been fested from the top of top top of our government and being enabled where you've got people who feel they can say these type of things without any form of consequence consequence does need to come um and you know if let's just yeah if you're if you're someone who is listening to the podcast right now and you decide to hurl vile vile abuse at any of those england players after that game Turn it up immediately, hit unsubscribe, and please do not associate with this platform anymore because, quite frankly, we don't want people like you um, anywhere near uh, what we do. Um, so, yeah, into Liverpool stuff. I'm just going to do a quick product placement here in terms of Fast and Furious. I'm drinking out of my Fast and Furious cup uh, that I got from the cinema the other day. I'm going to say, why do you have a Fast and Furious cup, mate? Like, what on earth is going on? <laughs> I have, well, family, family, that's why. Um, family. <laughs> the boys reported for preseason. Um, so as one as one kind of season closes, another season begins. Um, it's a weird one for me because I feel like I've had a month off while everyone else has just been exhausted. So, mate, <laughs> I feel the same. Honestly, also, I'm I'm rattled at the fact that I haven't learned my lesson. Like, I feel like that Jeremy Corbyn video, you know, when he like that, they play after that, you throw off, you're like, oh, here we go again. We've just pressed <laughs> out, damn, they lost all our hair on our head. Well, I definitely have lost all our hair on our head after the end of the last season we've had. And suddenly I'm looking forward to the next season. What is wrong with me? <laughs> one, picture of, <laughs> one picture of Van Dyke and Gomez nutmegging each other and laughing. And I'm like, I'm back in, I'm back in. Oh. Honestly, that first picture I saw of Virgil, I was like, ah, the boys are back. I'm ready. Yeah, literally. <laughs> pumped. <laughs> same, same. Oh, no. We see, if you're watching the video, we seem to have lost Ellis. We're going to try and get him back as soon as possible. So me and Harold do the do the utmost we can to hold the fort down in, in, in the meantime. As, yeah, it's, I know, it's, it's, it's a new season. And it, it's a weird one, Harold. So it's the first time in a while that we've kind of truly had the big hitters, the, the big players in this squad, early doors um, for this really intensive period. So how much do you think of a benefit this will be to us um, having them in early doors for, for the preparation that we have for the, for the upcoming season? Huge, for, but not even for reasons that you'd probably um, think of. So you're probably thinking of fitness and, and just general training and just getting their reps up when it comes to football. I guess the likes of Gomez and the Van Dijk who've been out for an entire season would benefit from that. But Someone like Mo Salah, I feel like he's 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 permanently in shape. Same with same with um, Sadio Mane. I've I've never had never seen any fitness issues with um with Bob, Bobby Firmino. I've, I think generally our team is very fit, and they have to be to play in a to play in a clock system, right? But yeah. what I'd say is I'd say from a from a morale and from a chemistry point of view, it's great to have those big hitters in the squad so early. You can see first of all the intent from Klopp. 
to have everyone together. You can see, I think also helps us with our different shapes that we could possibly have. Obviously, the signing of Ibrahim Akonate means that we can possibly go to a back five. I doubt it's going to happen. Klopp doesn't really like it. But it's, it's a possibility. We can try out different shapes. So those things, more of the more of the less um, quantifiable things, like I'm, I, particularly the morale part of it. I can imagine being like a Harvey Elliott coming back from a rather successful loan and seeing, seeing the best and a half in the world, seeing a new signing um, in... In, in Ibrahim Akanate, seeing the likes of Mosala, who went and had a fantastic season again, Sadio Mane, etc., being like, "Yo, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to roll." Shimmy Cash will benefit from this as well. It's good to ha- have him there. Actually, just get get some chalk on these boots, playing on the left hand side. It's good. To, I'm I'm almost happy Scotland went out a little bit early as well, just so Robbo can have some much needed rest. So it's just it's good for those sides of things. It's just, and also I think for the fans like. I'm gassed. I don't know why I'm gassed because this keeps they give me so much stress. They give me so much stress. But I just it's just great seeing the boys back, man. It's it's great. It really is. Um, Els, I'll bring you in here. Um, obviously, we saw the pictures of, of of Virgil, of Gomez coming back, you know, them participating in first team training, doing all the fitness stuff with the boys. Um how happy are you just to see those guys back? And obviously we heard Klopp say that, you know, they get, they're almost there at full fitness. Matip, you know, uh, one of our favourites, no context, Joel Matip, uh, is the closest of, of the three to coming back. And obviously Trent isn't too far out either. How much optimism do this, does this kind of fill you um, to kind of go into the season to make sure that we hit the ground running? Yeah, man, a lot, a lot, because we saw how significant their absence was last season. We felt it as well. Um, again, big up Phillips, big up Williams for what they've done towards the end of the season. But when you have these three top, top centre-backs, make no, no make no mistake about it, they are arguably, probably, could I say top five, top ten centre-backs in the league? You know what I'm saying? Without even thinking about it too much. And to have them into, into the team and to have them from the start and have a full pre-season is going to help Liverpool a lot. It's, we're going to benefit a lot from it. Um yeah, man. When I saw when I saw Van Dijk, Gomez, I was very gassed. I was very gassed, man, because I know what I know where we're gonna be with with them. Obviously, I'm not too sure where they, where they are performance wise or fitness wise. I'm not too sure where they are, but apart from that, these are like elite players. Then Matip as well, who's an, a top top defender. I'm I'm gonna say he's an elite defender. Having him back as well helps a lot. And also Konate, um, French under one captain. Under 21 captain, sorry. Um, he looks the real deal. He looks the absolute package, man. He's about 6'5". Pause, brother. Are you okay? Yeah, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> I said he looks the package. I didn't say he has up. What's wrong with you, bro? Yeah, is he, <laughs> he looks the package. Is he? You almost said it. Is he? Is he? But pause anyway. Pause anyway. What made you go with a verse? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so, but yeah. He looks like a, he looks like he's gonna be an absolute top top player as well. So, fam, I told man, be careful this season. We're coming for them. Pause. If you have to pause, I don't. <laughs> I think it's just, just just to hedge all bets and just pause and everything, really. Yeah, um, I guess so. But, but yeah, because um, the pause patrol will be, yeah, you know, they're they're local, they're around, isn't it? Um, <laughs> One thing I did, one thing I did notice when I saw all the pictures of the boys kind of flooding back is 
Uh, first of all, it's just, it was just great to see him. Uh, you felt like you were disconnected from him for that long. Obviously, you saw him on the holidays and whatnot, but it was nice to see them walking back through the door, all that beaming smiles on their faces, and no one looked more cool than Mo Salah. I just, I just think he just always looks cool, to be fair. And he looked refreshed. He looked hungry, ready to get back at it, ready to say, Harry Kane, we're coming for you. I'm coming back for my golden boot. You're going down, etc." From the mental aspect of the game, you know, having this extended break, disconnecting themselves away from football, just being able to kind of have a little bit of reflection on what happened the season before, not think about too much the season after, but just kind of have that decent that, that, that decent disconnect and time away from the game. Surely that would have been done them all the world of good. Oh, so much so. I think you can even... It's, it's difficult to know about Mo's, Mo Salah's personal life, isn't it? I, like, I've, I, know, I never really know where... He's head is at because he always he always speaks quite well. Um, he was talking about how much he loves the club, he wants to stay here, etc. There's always reports saying he's going to go to Real Madrid, but he's always that he was putting them down, etc. Um, but for me, just from these pictures, I don't look like he's very happy. He's with his family a lot of the time in the off season, so it's good to see him in that regard. Also, like you said, he's just a super cool guy, isn't he? Like he just, well, I find it <laughs> hilarious, right? So after England lost on penalties, right? I got this thing. I got on Twitter. Who's just posted a picture immediately after? Just most selling with his glasses, just, just arrived in Austria. He's just like the, one of the coolest guys. He's just hilarious. <laughs> like, he's, he's just another planet. I love it personally because he's just, he's just so focused. Um, yeah, the mental side of it as well. There's a lot of, lot of talk about him going here, going there. Just some time alone with your family, man. Like, it's just necessary sometimes, particularly in this period where. Just it's been non-stop football. Also, it's also been a bloody pand- pandemic. It's just nice to get out and just re- relax, you know. So, like you say, we're doing a world of good. And I have, he has elite mentality. So I have no worries about him hitting the ground running. He's literally the, the last player. I think he's the. I expect the most from him this season. If there's anyone I put him up here on, it's him. Literally, he's number one. So, Mohamed Salah, boy, the the. the the the, the the table is here for you. I mean, Harry Kane on the Nuno is tight, boy. But anyway, it's 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 here for you, Mo. Welcome to the Nuno Penitentiary. Yeah, if you do want a bit more Nuno-related content, then hit listen to a uh, slow <laughs> outburst for all your Nuno needs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you had too much fun with that, Chris. I did, to be fair. I do like Nuno as well. Yeah, good lad. Good, good lad from a good home. Uh, by a good home, I mean Wolverhampton. Um, I wonder why I said that. Um, <laughs> uh, else, that kind of mental break, I think he would have done pretty much everyone in the world are good. No more so than probably Sadio Mane. Uh, we saw him snatch a lot of chances kind of towards last season. Again, another one who came in, big smile on his face. But I think you always get that with Sadio to fair, even when he misses chances. He's always got a nice smile on his face. It's like, yes, the next one will come around. But the next one never come around last season, so let's hope he does come around this year. Um, surely for him, it would, would have done him the world of good as well. Bruv, he looks so refreshed. His skin was shining. God, guys, he come in with his uh, native attire, Givenchy sliders in his hands. Yeah, some neck loafers on. Bruv, my brother look good. He looked like he had a, a lovely time in Senegal. He went, I think he went to, uh, where did he go, Mallorca or something? Mallorca, so yeah, he looks refreshed. Man. I don't I think know why looks... the image of Sadio Albane in Mallorca is just bro, very funny. But when I saw, when I saw, <laughs> it was on his um, Insta, innit? He saw, I saw Mallorca, I was like, Mallorca, brother, what? <laughs> you could have gone anywhere, <laughs> you could have gone anywhere. Mallorca, oh, fair enough, he's still that old, innit? How was you on me, man? 
My bad. My bad. <laughs> wow, what is that? That would make a great like pre-season uh, campaign, you know. Molly and Maga. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Raga lose money. Get in. Mana Mana Loof. Mana Loof. That is episode title. That's episode title. Mana Loof. Mana Loof. Mana Loof, yes. Yeah, but he looked refreshed, man. I think he really needed it because last season was very inconsistent for him. Um, take away the footballing aspect. I think he suffered from um COVID. Um did he pick up a knock? I think he picked up a couple of knocks during the season. It was just a really, really, it looked really, really like leggy. It looked really proper, mentally proper. draining for him. Um, so him getting away, you know, getting that. Well, I'm so happy that there was no like, Af- um, con- yeah, continental football in Africa for the summer because he really needed a rest. And the rest, yeah, I think we're doing, we're doing very well going into the season. Um, because people people tend to forget last season. I think he came back from what was last season? What tournament was last season? He came, but uh, it was in the summer. What was that though? I don't what remember. Was that? was that World Cup or something? No, it what wasn't was World Cup. Did you just say it was World Cup? <laughs> what, what was that? Yeah. I was just lost. It wasn't World Cup. <laughs> Can't remember. But no, anyways, he played in. The, did he play in that? Oh, that's, that's going to drive us wild. We'll have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's playing yeah. something that was like, it was like a copper, it was like a copper America. It's a completely different continent. <laughs> it was like <laughs> an... It, 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 was... <laughs> it wasn't... I don't, well, anyway, he went, he went to a tournament anyway, and they had like... Yeah, it was like an AFCON tour de Yeah. Yeah. Tell it like, sorry, that was two seasons ago. He went to the World Cup two seasons ago. <laughs> he went to the World Cup two seasons ago, then he had a couple weeks break. Three seasons ago, bro. Three... No, what, what year did we beat Norwich? World Cup was 2018, my guy. Ellis, you're killing me, brother. You're yeah, killing yeah, me. Whatever, whatever we had, anyway, you had two weeks off and he came back and no rest then. then Maybe, you know what? You know what, Ellis? Maybe there was a an African equivalent, I, don't, I doubt this, to the Nations League. That's when we nah, had that, nah. wasn't it? Nah, nah. He did. De- he definitely went. Out, he, he definitely went away for something. Let's just give yeah, this really subject matter because we we'll, we will literally be here all day. But he, we'll he went away for something. Lord knows my head's <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, He had two weeks off. <laughs> he had two weeks off. Then he was like, "That's when he said, oh, he doesn't need rest. He doesn't need rest.' Essentially, he did need the rest, and it showed this season because everything just culminated in a train crash for for him." This season, having said that, he still got 11 goals, which was more than a lot of people, which is a bit insane anyway. But for the yeah, for the level that we know Mane at and for what he was at last season, it, it was chalk and cheese. So having him take that solid rest is is very needed, man. He look, yeah, it looks it looks well levered, well refreshed, and it's coming for you guys. He's coming, he's got he's come with a point to prove, um, and also to prove Ellis wrong on his dates and figures. Um, <laughs> I want to bring everyone's attention to this really cool feature, and I'm glad they've done this, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, a really cool feature on LF, Liverpool.com. Uh, sorry, LiverpoolFC.com. Liverpool.com is where Harold does his fantastic videos. Uh, there's a new video on there at the moment where you can see me gain the high score. 
on who is it. Uh, the, 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 the champ is it's here. Almost, uh, like he did that on purpose. I can't believe that. <laughs> of course he did. It was organic, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinaire. You ain't tricking if you got it. Um, but yes, um, LiverpoolFC.com have got a fantastic diary at the moment of Pepe Linders' keeping of preseason. Um, go over there, check it out. He's really good and insightful stuff. I was going to read a few excerpts and we'll obviously discuss it a little bit, uh, a little bit now. Um, first bit is, uh, I have to be honest, I love the preseason. For the manager and the coaching staff, this is one of this is the moment where the new ideas and the good old ones are developed. Firstly, it's all about creating habits and showing our standards. Very interesting that he said creating habits and showing our standards, as we can all kind of agree the standards part was one of the things that we slipped on throughout last season. Um, the most interesting part for me was this section here, and uh, Pep says, uh, we will go through this preseason of three stages. The first one is going back to basics with the idea that we want to control games by being dominant in each moment. Secondly, it's a, it's going back to the consistency. Something we massively lacked last year, good Lord. Um, and thirdly, it's about creating an us versus the world mentality. No distraction. Focus on the process and the collective. Something that will only work when we have the whole team together. This should make that this should make that whenever we go and whoever we play against, we'll be able to put our game into place. When you hear those fighting words from uh, who is essentially the assistant manager, I can't you, you can't help but feel really. I mean, I, I feel like I could run for a brick wall now. Just 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 hearing all that and you, what you can expect from the season and what they're going to kind of process in, and it really gives you a good insight of what we can be seeing this next season. So, Els, I'll come to you. What caught your eye throughout most of that? Um, It was probably the back to basics, bro. It was probably that. It was just like, I think last season in the middle, we sort of lost our way a bit. Obviously, we lost a lot of games, but we just, we lost our intensity. We lost our pressing. Um, the gaps between the midfield and attack was so large and it was something so surreal and strange to see because usually we're so we're so high up the pitch where people are complaining like oh, the, the high line is too high but that's just our game our natural game and because of that gap we was losing a lot of second balls and we was losing a lot of momentum in our game we wasn't connecting with the forwards quick enough so it it really really affected our game so when i hear pep saying that we're looking to go back to basics with Konate and Matip possibly starting the first game, that means that high line is coming back. That means the pressing is coming back. That means that intense passing is coming back, um, which is what we want to see. And and that's that type of clock football that has made us really unstoppable because we literally suffocate teams and we wasn't suffocating teams. It was giving them a lot to, you know, making it so easy for them. If you look back at the Brighton home game and the Burnley home game, was pretty really easy for them, wasn't it? Because we were just trying to launch it in, trying to get something, yeah. trying to win something, and we couldn't do it. But no, naturally, when we play those teams, we usually suffocate them. We don't give them any time to think. And I hope that that Liverpool's coming back. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And also, the togetherness, like the distractions from outside, you know, the little talking and... Things like um, Trent getting called up to England and, and those little things, it kind of 
which ironically coincided when we had our best form well coming into our best form anyway but apart from that like you know um we had a lot of people second guessing some of our best players like Mane was getting getting laughed at and people were just you know suggesting silly things here and there so I hope now with everything coming back and Liverpool looking to um looking to rip it up man 100% and I think the ripping it up part is is really important and Harold will come to you seems that they want to really kind of just get the team going and hit the ground just just like a house on fire. They want to get out there. They want to show the old Liverpool. They want to show the old Liverpool's back. And they want to kind of get these wins on the board and have it similar to the season where we won the league where we're possibly so far out in front that everyone else just thinks, for fuck's sake, we're not going to catch these. Yeah, and I think that's that's a big reason why Pep touches on both consistency and us versus the world. There's two ways we can you can see that, right? In the, in the 1920 season where we won the league, you could see that consistency was there. Every, every week in, week out, we we, we didn't even like, don't get don't get it twisted. We won the league, but if you remember clearly, we didn't play the best football. But the one thing we were consistent about was not conceding goals. We kept our goal tallies nice enough. You remember at one point that we were saying, "Can we can we can we catch um, Mourinho's Chelsea side?" I think it was was it the 0405 Chelsea side? I can't remember that. That got the lowest. Um, that, that got the lowest uh, goals conceded tally. Um, and mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're talking about where we can catch that because because we, we were we just were shutting up shop. That's one thing we were fantastically consistent at. And another part is us against the world. How I how I like took that on board was mm-hmm. late goals. We love a late late wins. It's like listen, everyone wants us to lose. Everyone everyone is looking at us for our downfall, but we're not going to let them succeed. And you can see with every win that we got, even in like. That I can't remember what month did we play Villa where um where Robbo and, and, and Mane got the goals to, to, to win to win two one. I don't remember what month that was, but that was early. Like, it was it was, oct- it was October, it was like late October or November. Yeah, November And yeah. we were moving, we were talking about like the do you see the emotion after that? October, the league is won in May, right? Like we're talking about in October, you can just see how much it meant to them. You can see like how it's been instilled. And one thing I will say is I love our our coaches and our players and just how they can just churn out that same passion year in year out because even me in my profession it's tough sometimes like week week by week let alone year by year it's tough right so these guys come through and they're like Klopp's like yep I'm ready I'm here again to tackle it same with same with Pep yep I'm ready and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm and I'm talking stick as well like this is what we're going to try and do and it just you'll just give the players a massive boost because they just they, they know the recipe for success so it's now all about go ahead and doing it um, hope, hopefully, hopefully injuries will be on our side, so our key players actually do stay stay fit this season. And I, I genuinely see no reason why we can't be consistent, and and, and no reason why we can't be ruthless like like we were in nineteen twenty. It's got the image of you you at work, Harold, just uh, just just sitting there, just thinking, oh great, accounts receivable again. Um, just like, <laughs> you know what it is like it's, it's every month. It's something we do something like called month end, and it's just like. Month end accounts, and again, month end quarter end accounts, H H one, H two, year end <laughs> accounts. It's like, it's like over and over. But these guys just just keep going, man. I I, I respect. It. I respect anyone who's consistent in what they do, whatever trade it is. I I respect it dearly, man. One thousand percent. Um, just going to touch on one more thing before we do head over to the lovely Liverpool focus thing that is transfers that gets heads melted and kettled like no other. Um, 
we've got a lot of footballers at this training camp at the moment. Um, footballers who we kind of think have been lost in Liverpool kind of memory in the past few years. Um, how many of these footballers currently on this training camp have a lot to prove heading into this season? So the the, the main one for me, I, I think, um, and I think he's actually absolutely spot on, who's recently signed a new contract. I think Harvey Ellis got a massive role to play um, in this training camp. As you know, if there is a switch that we want to possibly do to a 4 2 3 1, I think it could be really key there. And his enthusiasm and he's just, his attitude was from that interview as well. It's absolutely spot on. He knows he's going to go in there and he's going to learn from some of the best of the best. He's going to learn, you know, the fitness and the professionalism that it takes from James Milner. He's going to go in there, he's going to learn from, 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 you know, Mo, that relentless attitude it takes to be the best, to want to be the best. He's going to go in there, he's going to learn from, you know, Virgil, the professionalism, how to lift yourself up. Um, and I think he's going to, he's, he's going to be absolutely key. Um, and he's going to come on with, with you know, bit, bit, not, not a chip on his shoulder necessarily, but he can walk in there and say, I was one of the best players in the championship last season. And hopefully he goes in and, and, and definitely shows that. Um, Els, for you, who is one of the footballers that has kind of one of the biggest points to prove within this training camp and to show that he can be a really core cool piece of Liverpool heading into next season? Um, apart from Harvey Elliott, to be fair, there's kind of a few, you know, bro. Um, there's Minamino. There's Ox, there's Nabi, um, Shimikash. There's Shimikash. There's probably Gomez. Obviously, Gomez. Is, yeah. <laughs> Gomez was integral, but I think it's plain to see that I think Klopp's best centre back pairing is probably Matip and Van Dijk, and Gomez. Gomez got in there because Matip was injured. That's not to say Gomez is not fantastic. He is fantastic. It's that those two were absolutely solid. So he's also got something to prove with Konate also coming in. So there's a few players in that camp that might say to club, brother, I deserve to be here and I want to be here. Um my my main my main guys are probably Minamino Ox. Um I wanna say deep Divok, but man's been here since Jesus was a lad, man. He ain't done nothing, man. Slow that you bruv. Get some nerves, but yeah, especially Ox and Minamino because like Minamino went on loan. He came in. He was he was a player that we thought, oh, this looks like a another Mickey Mickey Edwards special. You know what I'm saying? Bought him, bought him cheap. Who calls him Mickey Edwards, blood? I do. He's my I, guy. I, also, I, I think we sort of fact that man said that uh, Origi was at the feeding of the multitude. You know, like <laughs> what's, what's going on there? <laughs> he, was, he was there at the manger, bro. He's been there for a time. He's been there for a little while, fam. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, Minamino and Ox will definitely use this opportunity to show that they can add a bit of value if value to the cause. And they should, to be fair. Because I, th- I think Minamino's... You can see his quality. Like, let's, not, let's not make no bones about it. You can see he's got a bit of quality about him. But has he got quality for Liverpool standard? Well, we don't know. My only concern with the Minamino bit is I don't think he's long for this Liverpool squad. Uh, I think if a decent offer came in, um, I think he would probably be would, would be sold. Yes, it would be a little bit harsh, but I think if you have the chance to kind of double your investment uh, and use that to bring in a more marquee name, as we're going to touch mm-hmm. on in, in, in a short while, I think, I think you do that. Harold, I want to come to you about Oxlade Chamberlain. I think we can all say, as a person, 
we absolutely love him. Um, I think he's, again, like we were talking about earlier on, the fantastic lads that we have in our squad, he's definitely one of them. This is a massive, massive preseason for him. And he seems like we say this all the time in terms of his fitness more than anything. This will possibly be the first time he's coming into a preseason where he's fully fit. He's not got any kind of hanging injuries or anything surrounding him. He is going into this physically fit. Um, how big is this for him to prove that he can get back to somewhat of the ox he was in that champ in that almighty Champions League run in 17-18? I think this is Oxley Chamberlain's biggest preseason of his career. Not to speak in um, hyperbole, but that's genuinely what I believe. I think he's been hampered by some serious injuries, very unfortunately now for the last what for, for, since really seventeen eighteen, wasn't it? When he when he when he got that injury, um, I can't remember mm-hmm. who we were playing. I remember it was a slide tackle we went for uh, Roma. the Roma Roma yeah, Roma, yeah. Roma. Uh, okay. Um, goodness me, that's so long ago. And he just hasn't been the same since. It's, this is a huge preseason, like like you say, Krish. It's the first preseason in a, in a while. It's, it's a big, it's a huge campaign for him. Like you say, fitness wise, there's always been question of his fitness. And if, I think at one point we were like, oh, let's just blame it on the Arsenal Arsenal's health facilities there, because a lot of players used to get injured very very often. Um, they were like, oh, okay, this is fine. He'll come to Liverpool and everything will be alright. But that actually necessarily hasn't changed as much. Some freak injuries, albeit nonetheless injuries, nonetheless, right? So. It's huge in that respect. Um, another thing I'd say about about Ox is even when he came back, he looked a bit off the boil, right? And I was like, oh, I don't know if this guy has a future here. However, that Burnley performance, we scored that that really good goal. I think it was left foot near post. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, for goodness sake, he has to. He, he had disgust. He just had to go on and show us like there is some quality here. Like just draw us back in. It just gave me. I want you. I want you to put the word on the street that we back up. That's yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like ah, you know what, Ox. Okay, you've ah, damn. Because it was it was actually a really good goal. Like it was genuinely a goal. It was actually a good goal. Solid finish. Yeah, I was like, oh, for goodness sake, Uh, Ox. Um, so yes, it was was a quality finish. Um, I just need to see more of it. That's I think as Liverpool fans, I think we know what Ox, Ox can bring. Um. Now that's a question as to whether he can cement a place in. I don't think he can cement a place in midfield, but whether he can he can put a question mark in Klopp's head over him playing in midfield, or whether he can show himself as more of a um, operational player, so where he can cover more than one position. So moving over to right back, where I think he'd actually be quality at right back, in my own personal opinion, I think it suits him very well. Um, however, it's just like whether I, whether he'd want to do that. That's part of the reason why he wanted to leave Arsenal, wasn't it? He didn't want to play left wing back for goodness sake. Like he did, he wanted to play in midfield. That's his that's his preferred position. So whether he wants to do that as well. So really, it's a question over his, if his quality is high enough to to maintain a midfield, even even a substitution, um, like consistent a consistent sub. Like that's that's a that's a big plus that he's available to be to be doing that. And then from there, look at look at starting some more games. Um, I know you didn't ask me this, Chris, but I wanted to make a note of another player who I, who Ellis didn't mention. I think this is a big, I won't say big, but I think it's it's a campaign of note for him, Curtis Jones. Um, we he went he went out of the side um in a one-nil loss against Chelsea, if you remember, when when, when we lost to them um, at Anfield. And he, he I think he came back late towards the campaign. I, I, my 
I remember my, my memory fails me, but I remember he wasn't he wasn't there for ages, and we we're like, oh, has he got a niggle? Is he injured? And he, and he wasn't like he was just this out of squad, this is out of favor. Let's be good to see him back in the rotation. So I think this is a big preseason for him. I saw him um, in training, looking like looking golden as always. Well, not as always, looking golden. Look like he looked like he just enjoyed the holiday. Of trims as well. Yeah, but he he looks he looks he looks well. Like I'm, that's that's one thing I'm really happy about. Our, our players look really healthy. They look they look good. Um, so yeah, just I just hope he can can kick on for what he had last season because at one point we're like, wow, like this guy's actually proper good. And when rival fans say the same thing as well, it's good to it's good to hear. Completely agree. Uh, also a big fan of how you introduced that Alex Oxlade Chamberlain segment. Sound like one of those uh, mid nineties uh, movie trailers. Is this Alex Oxlade Chamberlain's last chance? <laughs> I think it Coming is. <laughs> when you guys think though, like this, this is a huge campaign for Chamberlain, man. This, I, yeah, I think, I think this is make or break for him, in my opinion. Massive, bro. Massive, massive. Because it's 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 insane to me that I always think that we would go. What's the one thing that we lack in the squad at the moment? Goals from midfield. What should we probably go and buy this summer? A goal scoring midfielder. Literally. What do we have in the squad when he's fit? A goal scoring midfielder. Yeah, so yeah. he could alleviate that by just being fit and, and you know cementing himself in that in that Liverpool in that Liverpool team. Um did want to talk a little bit more about Ibrahim Canate, but I mean we've got transfers to talk about. It's what the people want. We've deliberately <laughs> left it till last so people tune in to listen to all our transfer talks. Um it's taught, it, it is time for some Saul Niguez chat um, of Atletico Madrid, who we've been linked with recently. Um, and it does seem that like this possibly will be a bit of a concrete thing for us to pursue. Um, it's a weird one. Uh, he had a little bit of a down season uh, last year. I ran some of his stats uh, over the weekend because I'm sad and that's what I do over my weekends. Um the, the shape of the Athletic Madrid team changed. Uh, some of the roles and responsibilities of the midfield. And he seemed he dropped out, out, out of favour. Uh, interesting that his kind of shot-creating actions decreased massively. Um, 52 in the 1920 season as opposed to 35 in the 2021 season. Uh, it scored six goals in the previous season before and had two goals uh, this current season. Uh, outperformed his XG in the season before as well. Um, and his progressive passing was just... Off, off the charts in 1920. I think, Els, I'll come to you. Um, this is something that me and you have talked about a little bit in length. It seems that Liverpool and the um, the nerds behind computers, uh, I can't think of what, what I actually call them, but the, the Michael <laughs> Edwards is the analytics, analytics guys. Uh, big up the nerds behind computers, by the way. You keep the world running. Uh, don't mean to disparage you. Um, it seems like they've seen an opportunity to potentially buy an out-of-favour player, as I've seen recently as well. Uh, Rodrigo de Paul of Udinese, uh, a favourite of mine, has gone to Atletico Madrid, uh, seemingly to possibly be Saul's replacement. Do you see this as being a good signing for Liverpool if it were to happen? Um, yeah, I can't say I've watched him in great detail, but somebody that was instrumental in Atletico's previous title winners winning campaign. Um, I know when he was really on form, he signed like a I saw that he signed like a seven-year deal or some sort, something crazy. Yeah, like the that. death row contract, yeah, nine-year yeah. contract. That's what I was saying, and um, you tend to give contracts to those type of people that you feel that it's part and parcel of what you're trying to build and trying to create at the club. Um, it just happens in football; people fall out of favour, teams change, and the use for his ability was probably not needed as much. So it looks like it's a good opportunity to bring a really established European 
um, footballer. When I say European, I mean someone who's played in obviously the Champions League in the latter stages of the Champions League. Um, again, it's somebody that was really instrumental in what Atletico Madrid were doing. So it seems like it's, it could be a coup for Liverpool because um, I think probably let's say three, four, yeah, two, three seasons, his name was on the lips on a lot of uh, people like looking for a midfielder. Oh, look at him, he's wicked. Oh, yeah, so Niguez, so so or so, whatever you say his name. So people are trying to get him. Sorry, apologies for mispronunciation. End fracas uh, yes. over here. Apologies. Um, so yeah, I think if Liverpool was to get him, he would really, really add a lot of talent to what we have already. Um, he seems like he would replace Genie. Um, seems like he's someone that does get goals from midfield. Obviously, take away he scored two goals last season, which is more than Genie. But anyway, he will definitely add what we need in our midfield. And again, he's a top talent man, so it would be a good signing to be honest. Harold, I'm going to come to you as well. Um... Kind of piggybacking on what Ellis has said there. One of the big things about Saul is his kind of positional versatility as well. Um, also helped that he's played under that 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 that, that butcher's formation over for Atletico Madrid of uh, Simeone. Uh, God knows he could possibly do all the defensive elements of the game, or we've asked also doing the offensive elements of the game as well. Um, do you think this would have been a signing we'd have been happier with two years ago, considering the name as we are opposed to now? Yes, I do think that, um, that, like you say, he's played in every position. He's literally Gini Wijnaldum, the, the, the auxiliary player. He's, he's, he's even played centre-half, for goodness sake, and left, and left back. That's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's insanity to me. I think, I think we're just, maybe just more of a more like entertainment side of things. As fans, you just want someone a bit more forward-thinking, a bit, someone a bit more progressive, I get the, I get the, I get it works with Genie. Don't get me wrong, it works, and I feel like we just replace him with, with a Spanish version. Um, he's he's not he's not old. I mean, I, I think he's only what 25, 26, 26 years old. I think twenty six. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, yeah, he's only twenty six years old. I mean, like he's not he's like twenty four, twenty six. I mean, he is it really isn't well the worst. He hasn't had any crazy injuries or anything. Um, I find it difficult for it to excite me. I can't lie to you. I blame I blame Simeone. Because some of these players could be world beaters. <laughs> some of these players could be world beaters, but would never know it. Like if you watch Joao Felix, you'd be like, "Oh, he isn't one of the one of the greatest um, like young players in the world." You would, ne- you would never think that, right? Uh, but it's I do like the fact that he can play so many positions. It, it, it would be a very Klopp-ish type of signing, I would say, in this fact that he how much he loved Genie, right? Even though he did, even though um, I can't remember if Genie Genie was signed by, by Klopp. Yeah, he was. He was. I think he was like he was one of his first few signings. Um, is that is it? Was he? No, he wasn't. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. I'm I'm going crazy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, he was signed fifteen, sixteen, wasn't he? Okay, yeah. Ignore me. Um, so yeah, I've, I, I don't know. Like like Els, I can't lie to you. I haven't watched a lot of Atletico outside of the Champions League and the the latter parts of um, La Liga last year when things were, to- were hotting up a bit. There's just nowhere to watch it in in England. It seems. Um, Illegally, um, so yeah, he's not <laughs> someone that that makes that makes me jump out of my seat. I have, I have to be honest. I would have liked someone um, just a bit more progressive. But hey, look, I'm willing to give him the chance. But I, I just feel like he's out of nowhere, though. Don't, don't you guys think? Like, it's just it's just like it's like raw, like Saul. You know, it's just like okay, cool. <laughs> but there's been no links. It's just mad. But anyway, that's just me. 
Yeah, it's been very kind of Randy Orton out of nowhere. Um, yeah, and it's just one of those ones where uh, you know, you know me. I have to get at least one wrestling reference on the pod each week. It's 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 in my contract, the unwritten <laughs> contract that I've done with myself. Um, <laughs> um, it just seemed like one of these kind of market inefficiencies that Liverpool do really seem to thrive on. Um, if you get a player with a little bit of still untapped potential there, um, to add to an already really strong squad and deliver value, I, I, I think you do it. Um, I it's a weird one for me because I still think with midfielders this year, I don't necessarily think we're going out to the Wijnaldum replacement. Uh, I think that Thiago is Wijnaldum's replacement. I think we're looking for a more long-term uh, Henderson solution um, with his oh. injury woes. Um, yeah, um, and kind of relegating Hendo to a bit more of the of the James Milner role from 17-18. Um, just to shamelessly plug one of our patron shows that we did uh, recently. Um, do head over and subscribe to the patron if you're a fan of this pod. Uh, that is www.patreon.com forward slash cop and fracas. Uh, we did a show last week. Uh, it's the first part of a free parter called uh, the trend. Well, um, called the strategy uh, where we kind of outlined what we think would be the ideal strategy for Liverpool to pursue uh, this summer with their transfers. A really good show. It has myself, Mike, David and Mush. Uh, so do head over to there. If you do head over to the Patreon and subscribe if you want to hear more from that. Um, it does seem that with the players that we're linked with now, it's a very consistent group of the same names. So for midfield, obviously it's now Sowell, uh, Tealbans, who I've got to be quite honest, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be excited with with, with Tealbans. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like. This is why you're very good men, and, and I'm glad that you are on this pod with me. That you share this skepticism as well. Yeah, uh, with boring, I think more PMP, man. Please, yeah, PMP. man. He's too lax, bro. Yeah, but yeah. To, to to use Ellis term, he turns like a truck. He does. He does. <laughs> he does, well. And, for me. and he isn't like super strong like Emery Chan, even though Chan used to turn like a grand piano as well. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, like, he's not super strong. So yeah, what's yeah. going for you? I mean, that's some, some um, decent passing, thing, but this is nah. And that's the thing. My thing with Telemans is also that he's like in and out of games. He's never constant. Super, um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The one game he when might he came be, on loan like, though. When he was here on loan, I think was the first season he was here in the prem. What was a couple of seasons mm-hmm. ago? He was all yeah. he was. I think he was f- moderately consistent, and then he came second year, maybe second year syndrome. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't look very good. Man. Is that because he was fighting for his life? Yeah, yeah. possibly. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm about to say that I'm fighting yeah. for my life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Once you get what you've been w- waiting for, like your motivations in there, the, t- the same way like a Theo Walker would perform so well before he gets like before he gets a contract <laughs> offer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we should call that Theo Walker syndrome. Uh, in all those yeah, days. it's true. Um, that, that performance, but yeah, in, in that midfield group, we've been linked to obviously Tealbins, uh, Renato Sanchez again. It's another one where you look at you think, oh, really. Um, there's also kind of Nicola Barella of Inter Milan, who is Ooh. if you if you're shopping top end of midfielders, Ooh. that's the one you want. Oh, oh, bellissimo! Um, Ooh, delicious, uh, <laughs> fantastic! It was molto belli. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Saint random Italian names, um, <laughs> and also um, 
Florian Neuhaus, who is a fan favourite of mine and Mike's, who were banned from talking about on the pod because Fahi's a tyrant. Uh, and of course, uh, Yves Basuma, who the links have kind of died down recently. And in regards to the forward positions, I haven't really heard us being mentioned to anyone. Uh, obviously, the one name that always just because it's Nicky coming up is Daniel Marlin of Para, not Paris Saint Germain, uh, PSV. I'd known Paris Saint Germain. Got that on the brain. Um, and we were recently linked to Federico Chiesa, um, which is a weird one because I think he's on loan from Fiorentina to Juventus. Um, but I've seen the way him. he played. Yeah, we're not we're not getting him. Although if we were, uh I'd probably be shirtless doing a pod, and no one wants that, so mate, hopefully we don't get him. Mate, you would be um, both fish, you would be both <laughs> so it does look like we're trying to add a midfielder and a forward. So from your guys' opinion, do you think that is enough quantity-wise, also adding Canate into the mix as well, do you think that's enough to add to this current crop of players or do you think we kind of need possibly one or two more depending on sales? Don't let Ellis speak because he'll say yes regardless of what you say. Um, what did you, <laughs> do, you, do you mind reading off again? Sorry, Chris. You said, what, a midfielder? And you say a forward as well? Yeah, so... Um, a midfielder who can do a little bit of everything um, and okay. a forward who is positionally versatile. I need a, I need a, I need a fullback, man. Like I need, but I need, I need a, some, I, I'm willing to give Shimikash another chance. Hopefully he can stay fit. But, but unfortunately I, I don't think Nico Williams is, 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 is cut out for the big time for us, man. Like even as a backup, like I'll just be, I'll just keep it, keep it, keep it a hundred. Um, I would love to see a sign another fullback. Fullback who can cover both sides. That's very rare, but I, I trust Mickey Edwards to go and to go and find someone with quotations, Mickey. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I that'll be fine. Just one more, a midfielder, a forward, and a fullback. I'm cool. Let's go into the season. I'm happy. I'm actually okay with that. Else, yeah, I think I need two midfielders and a forward. To be fair, um, I think I'm midfield like. Kieta and Chamber, that's the one and a half legs each, if that. One. Nah, yeah, one leg each. <laughs> so that's, you know, <laughs> I, said, I need two midfielders, brother. Yeah, I need to, I probably, yeah, midfielder can do everything, then probably another goal-scoring midfielder. And, um, yeah, I need I need this forward. Ideally, I would like a number nine, but if you can't get him, I need someone who can do a job on Salah's side and someone who can do a job essentially. Yeah, I I completely agree with you guys. I, I, for me, it's it's a weird one for me as well because I think if if we kind of move the players that we want to move, I think there is you can kind of push a narrative that we do need a bit of a game changing player off the bench. Um, Harold can help me back me up on this. In NBA terms, what is the one thing that you want kind of off your bench? You want someone who's a solid three and D wing who can contribute. That is what wins championships. It used to be big men, but now it's three and D wings. So in football in terms, I kind of think you need someone of that ilk to kind of come off the bench. Um, and that person for me would probably be, from what Ellis was saying earlier on, someone who could play as an attacking midfielder, but also play as a number 10 or out wide as well. Um, someone, not a Dharma Traore per se, someone who can come off the bench for 20, 25 minutes and add a little bit of a little bit of that mm, to the game that you need in certain situations. You need, you need <laughs> a... Is who? Who? Nothing, nothing, nothing. 
<laughs> I, say, <laughs> I said Chiesa, but I'm, I'm oh, on. Oh, I'm in a dreamland. Ideally, what you need is a, a better Shaq, really. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, need, you need a better Shaq. Um, it's that simple. You, yeah, basically, what you need is, and I think the player who weirdly fits the bill uh, when I was watching the Euros, I was watching how Damsgaard plays. Okay. He possibly doesn't have that extra yard of pace. But what do you expect for someone who would come off your bench and add a little bit of impetus? I think he'd be perfect. But again, he's probably someone who could start elsewhere uh, yeah. in, in, in other teams. Yeah. I, I just wish Shaq done something more than just run around. Ellis, Ellis, Ellis. I know. Give it up, man. Yeah. Give up the ghost. Just sales, bro, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> oh, fucking hell, Shaq. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was all good in his first season, and now it's just how much can we get, brother? Please, how much can we get? Um, literally, literally. <laughs> speaking, yeah. what, one last thing I want to quickly cover before we do kind of sign off with this part. Um, with the outgoings, it does seem like we're kind of waiting for that one catalyst moment uh, to really be sparked for our player movement and. Of course, the Euros definitely haven't helped with that matter. Um, are you concerned at all that we might not potentially be able to move some of the deadwood that we have in the team and the out of favour for rotational options like Ishikiris, Urigis, um, etc.? Yes. I'm worried because I feel like, although I really trust Michael Edwards, I think he's a fantastic, fantastic director of football. However, Boy, it's looking it's looking crazy because the teams can see these players are not good. Like they're they're actually not good. <laughs> like like they're not fools. You know what I mean? Um, so it's tough. I, I'm actually quite. I'm actually a little bit worried. But it's gonna hang. It's just just gonna be there, just on the books. It's just like literally just withering away, like like a Chelsea or something. It, yeah. it does it does it does sadden me a bit. Or or United rather, I should say. To be honest, I'm I'm just worried that. We're gonna try and do what we've done last season and try and get what we think their value is. So, for yeah. instance, uh, Harry Wilson, we're gonna try and wait for that fifteen million. Whereas, if someone offered eleven, just sell him for everyone, for everyone's sake, sell him, sell, sell him, because then he's gonna play. We're gonna get our money. Everyone can move on with their life. But if you're keeping there just because of four million, and you miss out on an opportunity to go get who you wanted to get because of four million. What's that? Now you've got a guy who you can't move. You've got to send him on loan again. He's probably, by the time he comes back, he's going to be 27 or something. And what's the point? You know what I'm saying? So that's my my worry. Like you're trying to get value where there's not much value. Um, ideally, you just want to sell as many people as possible. Man. So I think for me at the moment, I think you get 11 million. For Wilson, I think that's good business. I think if you get 15 million for Shakiri, I think that's good business. Um, I think you can definitely get 15 million for Grewish, and that definitely seems like he's coming from Porto. And I think Porto are waiting to make some outgoings before they do that. So it's it is a weird one because not that much business when you look at it continentally has been done. Uh, a lot of it has been kind of that lower tier business or stuff that's been done on freeze. Um, so it is a bit of a sticky one, and I think a lot of the movement we'll see is uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, um, in terms of the, the top tier uh, signings that Liverpool do, I'm pretty confident we'll sign a midfielder and a forward regardless whether we do any more in terms of depth. That'll be way to see in terms of the uh, player outgoings, but hopefully we can get some 
extra players in to help with the upcoming uh, upcoming war. I think it's good. That's, that's a good place to end it on, really. Um, some great, great conversation uh, with the fellas. Um, that has been the episode of Copping Fracas for the 14th of July. I've been your host, Chris. I've been joined by Harold and Ellis. Uh, please do uh, head over to the Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Fracas for more Cop and Fracas content. And we've got some fantastic stuff on the page. And we've got some even better stuff coming in the coming weeks. Um, again, thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Cop and Fracas. And we will see you soon. Take care. Podcast Network.